Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I'm your host for Inspire on the Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey, friends, hope you're doing really well today. I am really excited to come to you today with a message of hope. Um, I think our world needs hope, and we find hope in our loving Redeemer. And so today we're going to talk about that. I'm obviously coming to you from my bathroom, so the acoustics are a little bit different in here. Um, But there's just so much activity going on out there that I wanted to find a quiet place here where I could really connect with you. Um, I do not take for granted the fact that God has allowed us to come together for the purpose of studying the word, speaking truth into one another's lives, um, being a source of encouragement to one another. And I just want you to know that I hear your stories, like in your messages, in your threads, in your DMs. I mean, I hear your heart that you are really leaning into Jesus, that you're really pursuing him, that you're really open to a move of God in your life, that you're praying um, for maybe the first time in a long time, and that you're asking God just to draw your heart to him. And that's that's so honoring to the Lord. And as we do that, especially during these unprecedented times, these moments of uncertainty, God is already at work. He's already at work. Just even in prompting our hearts to pray that we would long to know him more and that he would show himself to us. That's a proof of the fact that God's already cultivating spiritual growth in our life. And so I want you to be so encouraged because God is at work. He is with you. He is seeing you through this. And so uh, I'm so thankful for that. We're we're in the middle of just looking at just truth. That's just what we're looking at. You know, we're asking the question, Lord, um, what truth do you have for us in your word? And how does that truth apply to our lives? And when we get down to the simple questions of life, we find life-changing answers. I think that's one thing God's doing during this time. He is stripping away everything that doesn't really matter. He's stripping away sometimes the things that we have put our hope in. He is stripping away the extras. He's stripping away the busyness and he's reminding us about the simple beauty of knowing him, loving him, serving him, trusting him, seeking him, and telling others about him. And so when we get back to the basics, when we get back to the heart of, you know, an abiding relationship with Jesus, let me tell you what's going to come out of that. It's going to be spiritual fruit. And there will be a peace in that that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I want to be so sensitive as I make that statement because I know that many of you and, and all of us, honestly, we're not in the midst of a peaceful situation. Job loss is real. Um, you know, sickness is real. Death is real. Uh, fear is real. Unknown, you know, um, situations, they're looming for all of us. But today, what we're going to see in scripture is that our hope is never tied to the things of this world. Our hope is grounded in God. Our hope is grounded in Christ. Our hope is grounded in the Word of God. And our hope is grounded in Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to open today with a word of prayer. And I'm just going to ask the Lord to speak so much truth into our time together. 
Lord, we love you. We love you so much, and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are holy and that you are perfect, Lord, that you are loving and merciful, that you are full of grace, Lord, and that you extend that grace to sinners like us. Father, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we are all in desperate need of your forgiveness and, and your mercy and your grace. And Lord, we want to be transformed by your word through the work of your spirit, Lord. And we don't want to miss this time right now where we have this opportunity to put our eyes on you and to learn from you. And not only to learn from you, but to know you and to be known by you. And so as we open the word of God today, I pray that it would be so alive. I pray that it would speak so much truth. And Lord, at the end of our time together, I pray that we will know that we have met with you and that you have met with us and that we've been transformed because we've been in your presence. And we just we just praise you, Lord. And right now, Lord, for the, the woman who is listening to this prayer, who is listening to this video, right now, Lord, I, I place her before you. God, and I know you see her. I know you see her struggles and her fear and her frustration, her worry, her doubts, Lord. And her questions. And, and God, I just pray that you'd be so near to her right now. Lord, that you would just speak truth into her life. God, and that she would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you love her, that you have a plan for her life, Lord, and that you will see us through to the other side. And so God, we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to look at a very familiar passage of scripture for me anyway. I'm not sure if it's familiar for you, but it's one of my, um, I know I say this all the time, it's one of my favorites. Uh, it really, really is. It's a passage that God has just really grounded into the fabric of my soul. And the reason that I connect with this passage so much is because it's really the heart of the book on the road with Ruth. Uh, many of you are ordering that book right now and I'm so thankful for that. I go to the post office every day and I'm shipping books and it's such an encouragement. But for those of you who are ordering on the road with Ruth, be sure and go to my website and watch the videos that go along with that and also download those handouts. You will have an entire study on the book of Ruth um, right there, readily accessible for you. But believe it or not, you know, the story of Ruth is in the Old Testament. And just a quick nugget of what that is, uh, the story of Ruth, it is a, a journey uh, from Moab to Bethlehem uh, by a, a woman named Naomi and a woman named Ruth. Naomi was the mother-in-law. Ruth was the daughter-in-law. Uh, Naomi was a Jew and Ruth was a uh, Moabite. She was not a part of God's chosen people, the Israelites. And it's a beautiful story of how God relentlessly pursues us with his love and, and with his redemption plan and how God took Ruth, who was outside of God's chosen people, and grafted her into God's chosen people, the Israelites, and how the lineage of Jesus Christ actually came through women like Ruth. And it's a reminder that God uses the least likely like us. And there is this poignant moment in the story of Naomi and Ruth where Naomi is on the road with Ruth um, right outside of Moab as they're journeying back to Bethlehem. 
And Naomi has a real moment of just coming apart, honestly. Like she has a moment where she just loses it. And I don't blame her. Like I don't point fingers at her. She had lost her husband. She had lost her two sons. She had experienced famine. She would experienced loss. And she really believed in, in the core of who she was in that moment that God was against her and that his hand had gone out against her. And so she was without hope in that moment. And she looks at um, Ruth in that moment and also Orpah, who was another daughter-in-law who was with her. And, and she said, basically, even if I thought there was still hope for me, and then she lists all the things that she thought she needed in order to have hope. And it was just this poignant moment in the story of Naomi and Ruth because it was this realization for me as I was looking at their story that so often we, as New Testament believers in Jesus Christ, we do the same thing. We look at our situations and our circumstances and we will say, if this happens, then I will have hope. And we'll make our list, whether that's jobs or our finances, or our health, or our relationships, or our experiences, or, you know, if somebody likes us, or if, you know, just fill in the blank with whatever you are hoping for in your life. And we make a checklist, and then we associate hope with that checklist. And every single time that checklist has the potential to fall short because the things on that checklist are tied to temporary things which are passing away. Uh, they can be here today and gone tomorrow. Even good things like um, our family or our job or our church, um, you know, our friendships, things that, that are uh, life-giving in our life, if we put our hope in them to the point where we're only okay if they're okay, then we're on that slippery slope where our circumstances are determining the outcome of our spiritual well-being. And that's where Naomi was in that moment. And so as I was looking at her story, because the story of, the, of On the Road with Ruth, which I, I did write a couple of years ago, it's so much the story of Ruth, but it's also so much the story of Naomi. And I thought about how Naomi really did fall into a temporary trap of hope and how easy it is for us to do the same thing. And so um, in the book, I talk about Romans 15, 13, and this one verse, which we're going to talk about today, really becomes the backdrop of the story of Ruth in my book. And so it's kind of interesting because you would think that the key verse or the backdrop verse would actually come from the Old Testament or from the book of Ruth, but God just led in a different way. And it was beautiful, I believe, how he tied it all together um, because it really made a application for us as New Testament believers. And so when I talk to you about Romans 15, 13, I want you to know that it is dripping with meaning for me and it's dripping with application for us. And so as we look at the fact that God is the God of hope, we will see that our hope is not tied to our circumstances, but rather it is tied to the character, nature, and goodness of God. And so uh, I just want to share Romans 15, 13 with you, and then um, I'll let you get to your homework, which is not going to be much today at all. So here's what it says, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace 
as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The first thing that we see in Romans 15, 13 is that we serve the God of hope. Just let that settle in. It's not that there is a God of hope or a number of gods who provide hope, but there is one God who provides hope. He is the one true God. He is the everlasting God. He is the God who is the creator, sustainer, protector, provider. He is the one who spoke and all things came into existence. He is the one who holds us together. He is our center and he is the one who is extending hope to us every single moment of every single day. So may the God of hope, let's talk just a little bit about hope. Hope changes everything in our lives because it helps us to see all the ways that God is present, he is active, and he is providing. One thing that will often steal our joy is when we look at our circumstances and we'll say, we need this and we don't have it, or we have this and we don't want it. And so we start looking and measuring not only the character of God, but also the standing of our lives before God based upon these outside indicators of success or well-being or wealth or relationships or status or whatever the case may be. But biblical hope, it's so much more than that. It's so much deeper than that. It's so, so much richer than that. And when we understand biblical hope, it positions us to see all the ways that God is present. He is active. He is providing. And he is working all things together for good. So we want to talk about what is biblical hope. I want to define it for you, and then we'll dialogue about it together. Biblical hope is trustful expectation in regards to the promises of God. And so when we understand that definition and we ask the Lord to apply that definition to our hearts and to our lives and to our minds, then we realize we have so much hope because we have an entire word, the Bible, that is full of precepts to follow, which are instructions, and promises to claim, which are the promises that are straight from the heart of God. So biblical hope is trustful expectation in the promises of God. So what we attach our hope to is not our circumstance, but rather our God. And when we do that, we are fortified to walk through our circumstances because we know that God is with us, that he is for us, that he is going before us, that he is coming behind us, and that he has hemmed us in. And that gives us a position of power, not in and of ourselves, but power in knowing who he is and whose we are in him. Our position in Christ is so important for us to understand, and we're going to get to that probably next week. But for us to understand, even right now, that as a child of God, we are chosen, we are loved, we are wanted, we are safe, we are secured, we are called out, we are separated, um, and, and we are empowered by the Spirit of God to go and do the work that God has created in advance for us to do. Hope comes not in our circumstances. Hope comes in our relationship with God and abiding in the fact that every precept and every promise is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. That makes him the God of hope. So we're just going to do away with this notion that hope comes in our circumstances because our circumstances, they will fall short almost every single time. And when they don't fall short, 
they lure us into this place of thinking that maybe we can gain satisfaction in the things of this world. So that is equally as dangerous. So we're going to be disciplined in our understanding of hope, and we're going to be disciplined in the way that we walk in hope. Hope is from God. Hope is God. Hope is the promises of God. So if you're struggling to have hope today in the midst of your overwhelming circumstance, you need to find a precept to follow and a promise to claim. I know that sounds kind of strong, but there's so much hope in that. Hope is trustful expectation in the promises of God. So find a promise to claim. Find a precept to follow and put your hope in him. So Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. So let's talk a little bit about joy and peace. The first thing that we want to understand about joy and peace is that it is not the absence of problems. Uh, I think a lot of times we will think in those terms. We'll think if I didn't have this problem, if I didn't have this circumstance, or if I didn't have this you know, confusing situation, then I could have some joy. I could have some peace. And that is another lie from the enemy. Joy and peace is not the absence of problems. Joy and peace is the presence of God, even in the midst of the problems. And so what we understand is that God is with us in the midst of that difficult situation and circumstance. He's fortifying us. He's helping us. He is leading us. He is guiding us. He is, he is, he is connecting the dots before we even get there. When we wake up in the morning, friends, we can know that God has sovereignly, providentially, purposefully orchestrated the events of our day so that we walk through it, not defeated, not a victim, but rather victorious in Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean that we're free of problems? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Jesus said, and we talked about it a couple of days ago, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble, friends, but take heart because Jesus overcame. And the same power that brought Jesus out of the grave lives inside of you. So we can walk into our day, not as victims, but victorious in Jesus Christ, knowing that our God is willing and able. What is he willing and able to do? He is willing and able to meet our needs. Some of us have some financial needs. Some of us have some relational needs. Some of us have health needs. Some of us have needs that we don't even know that we have. Our God is willing and able. I love that he's both of those things. He's willing to do it and he's able to do it. That's what sets him apart. That's what makes him God. So he's willing and able to meet our needs. He is willing and able to take care of our hearts. One thing that sometimes we struggle with as women is that we're afraid to be vulnerable with God, with others, sometimes even with ourselves. And so we just keep this mask on and we just stay busy and we just try to make it through the day without, you know, taking too much of an introspective look into our life. This is the moment right now where we take a deep breath and we ask God to show us ourselves. We ask God to show us our sins and our struggles and our tendencies. You know, we talked about it a couple of days ago, how easy it is to take the lies of Satan, our enemy, and to make that our truth. What if we asked God to show us the lies that we've made truth? Like, that would be so powerful. God's willing and able to do that. And in the process, he's going to take care of your heart. There's nothing to fear. 
There's, there's nothing to fear because God is with you. He loves you. He's for you. He's positioning you for redemption and hope and healing. And so as we come before him and we say, Lord, strip away the sin, strip away the self, strip away all the things that stand in the way of me knowing you and loving you and serving you and trusting you and placing all of my faith in you, the outcome of that is that our hearts are so deeply connected with him that our circumstances, they don't they don't cause us to struggle nearly as much as we did in the past. And so he's, he's able, he's willing to take care of our hearts. And here's the other thing that he's willing and able to do. He's willing and able to take these challenging circumstances and these challenging times and to use them for our good and to use them for his glory. It is oftentimes through these difficult times that we are conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I've had, have had so many messages from you how, um, and I'm not going to get into specifics because I'm always going to be a safe place for you, but how right now you know that God is getting your attention right now and you want so much more. You're just not quite sure how to get there. The very fact that you want so much more is proof that you're getting there. So just keep on keeping on in the spiritual journey that God has put in front of you. Take the next step of faith. Take the next step of obedience. Take the next step of surrender and know that he who began a good work in you, he is faithful to carry that work to completion. That's who he is. And that's the promise that we can claim in the sanctification process. So may the God of hope, biblical hope, Fill you and me with joy and peace. Now, how does that happen, right? Because like we all want, we want to do that, but how does it happen? It happens as we trust in him. And we're going to do an entire lesson on trust because if we don't understand trust and if we don't surrender to trust, we will never experience the full free abundant life. We just won't. So we'll take an entire day. We may even take an entire week and work on trust. But if you deal with issues of trust, I want to give you a quick word of encouragement right here, right now. Focus on the character of God, the ability of God, the strength of God, and the truth of God. When you know his character, who he is, his ability, what he can do, his strength, how he does it, and his intentions, which are his, his heart towards you, you will experience a confidence in God that is from him, not from you. So we can trust him. He, his heart is for us to be able to trust him. If we do deal with issues of trust, we've got to be open and honest with him about that. And we've got to be open and honest with ourselves. And we've got to ask him to take us to a deeper place. And when we do that, we're going to experience his hope in our lives. Because Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine if his hope became your hope. Imagine that right now in the middle of this pandemic. If the hope of God, the peace of God, the power of God, the presence of God was so real in your life that you truly became a reflection of him. You know, that's our spiritual heritage as believers in Jesus Christ. That's our spiritual stock. And one thing that I think that we have really missed, at least in my lifetime, is that Christianity has been so easy and it's been so comfortable and it's been so convenient and it's been so accessible that we have relegated it to a place in our life. And, and God maybe is waking us up 
in that regard. And he is saying it should mean more to us than relegated to a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, or a Wednesday night. Because even as good church girls, we can fall into that temptation and into that pattern. And so now he's saying, do you believe me? Do you need me? Do you want me? Are you willing to follow me? And whenever we trust him at that level with the deepest, deepest issues going on in our life, his hope becomes our hope. So our circumstances no longer determine if we're okay. We're okay because we serve the one who created all things, who spoke all things, who is working all things together for good. And we know that he is with us and that we have the opportunity to be with him. And so may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word power that is used in Romans 15, 13, it means to be able. Glory, hallelujah, friends. Glory, hallelujah. God has given us a power, the Holy Spirit power, that makes us able to face these difficult situations and circumstances, not in our strength, in his strength. How do we access the power? What scripture says is that in our weakness, he is strong. So we don't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We don't put our best foot forward. We don't decide that we're going to have hope and peace and power. And then we go out and we live it in our own strength. We start surrendered on our knees with our face before God in all honesty and say, Lord, I can't do this. I can't walk this road. Lord, I don't, I don't have the resources. I don't have the ability. I don't have the power. But Lord, as I surrender my heart to you, I know that you're going to give me your power. And in the midst of your power applied to my life, then I will have the ability to do this, not based upon me, but based upon you. I want to finish with this. And then I'll try to provide all of these notes in your homework. Not that I want you to do one thing today, friends. I don't want you to do one thing today. I want you to just soak in this and just meditate on these thoughts and these truths. We have hope because of Jesus. We have hope because of the word of God. And we have hope because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have hope because God has made a way where there was no way. We've talked about it so many times. Sin separated us from God. We couldn't do anything in our own strength or ability or goodness or power, resources to overcome that sin penalty. So Jesus came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross. He died in our place. He became our substitute. He satisfied God's wrath. They put him into the grave. He rose again three days later, conquering death, disease, dismay, disappointment, deceit, everything that separated us from God. He went to the right hand of the Father where he sits right now praying for you and me. One day he will come back to take us home to be with him. In the meantime, he's given us his word and he has given us the spirit of God. And through the application of the word, through the spirit of God, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So today, focus on the fact that you serve the God of hope and that he is filling your life even right now with joy and peace. And that's happening as you put your trust in him. And as you put your trust in him, his hope becomes your hope. 
And the reality is we understand we can't do that in our own strength. So we surrender to him and then he gives us an ability, a God-given ability through the word of God and through the spirit of God. And as we're surrounded with other believers to be able to walk out truth in the midst of this uncertain time, that's the God we serve. I'm praying for you today. I'm thinking about you. I'm fighting for you. I'm fighting for your freedom in Christ. I will, I will spend all of my days here that God entrusts to me as long as he gives me life and breath, honoring him, glorifying him, investing in others and fighting for your freedom because I know what a difference he makes in our lives. So go to your homework, just read through it. You don't have to do any exercises today and just ask God to write these truths on your heart and on your mind. And I will see you tomorrow where we will officially jump into the life of Jesus and look at all the amazing things um, that he did and is doing to this day. So have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.